Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. If you're looking for news, tips, and stories about fishing the Great Lakes, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Chris Larson. Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast. Today, we are joined by Carl Fuzzy Bear Stopsinski, and we're talking spring fishing on Southern Lake Michigan. Carl, before we get going here, first, I got to ask you the question everybody wants to know, and that is, how did you get the nickname Fuzzy? If you saw my back hair, you would know. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it was a combination of a couple of different boats I had named, and my wife and kids kind of put the two together. Um, You know, I had the nickname Fuzzy for a long time, and then some guys called me Bear because I'm, you know, little in stature. But uh, so somehow or another, it got put on probably six boats ago. It started to be the Fuzzy Bear. So um, that's how it it was just one of those deals. You know, I was a police officer for 32 years. So between the bear and and the Fuzzy, it kind of stuck. So that's what we went with. (laughs) Sounds good. Well, Southern Lake Michigan is kind of your spot. It's the hot spot for coho in the spring. Can you tell us a little bit about fishing your waters and what makes it so good for coho this time of year? Well, historically, you know, our water warms faster and we get the bait faster. Over the years, it's changed some, um, but typically, you know, there was that circle of life in the middle of Lake Michigan and the southern end of that. There was, you know, the scientists and biologists believe there was a the rotate, rotating current, southern end of Lake Michigan, the bottom of it was in that 100, 150, 200. And, and everybody believed that the next year's fish or the young jacks and young kings all wintered, you know, south in the south part of the lake. And there are times I, when I had a boat that I could trailer or winterize myself, like my 30-foot Cherokee, we stayed in into Buffalo and fished until December. Sometimes guys kept it until Christmas and you could go out and catch a hundred if you wanted to go out 15 miles. And so, you know, in the spring, those fish just march to the warm water, uh, go to all the harbor mouths and end up shallow. Um, contrary to belief, a lot, a lot of those fish don't even eat. We'll catch coal for four or five weeks that don't have anything in their belly. And that's primarily because the bait hasn't gotten there yet. You know, that, and that's changed a lot with our, with our lake being so clean and, you know, them eating the, the red shrimp out deep down. But historically, you know, we have warm water and fish like it. Um, they get active and, and then we start rolling, you know, sometimes in March, but, you know, April, first week of April is always very good all the way through April. Yeah, you said that uh, it's changed a little bit. What has changed and, and why do you think that has happened? Well, it's, you know, all back to the zebra and quagga mussels in the clean water. Um, you know, we we start tournament fishing the third week of April, and he never could win it with coal. And our first tournament was always strictly silverfish, so you couldn't weigh lake trout. So years ago, we'd go two or three boats if you could, you know, the ones you could trust to share information with. We'd go out in deep water, 150 and out, roll the 250 sometimes, and look for steelhead in cold water. You know, everything was surface oriented, but he run some some baits down deep every once in a while to see it was there. And, you know, we start catching coho on downriggers in the bottom 
from 150 to 200 feet deep. You'd stack a set of spoons down deep and, you know, you'd come up with two coho. And, and, and that changed because that's what they're out there eating. You know, you, you'd catch a half a dozen of them. You'd go through and you'd catch two or three or four on a flat line on a body bait or a spoon. And next minute you have four of them on downriggers, 200 down. And so with, with the clean water, you know, obviously food is a big deal. And in the last half a dozen years, so we've been able to look at that with electronics. Um, especially, you know, uh, obviously it's no secret. I love Garmin and you could see that mice shrimp or those red shrimp, uh, there's not, not the proper name, but, um, you could see cloudiness like the old days when, you know, there were the bottom of the food chain or was out in clouds, clouds of bait, essentially they're not bait fish, but you know, the microorganisms. And now we find those coho offshore where where those clouds are and if you can't find that cloud you know, they only may move in a mile or two but that's a lot when you're in deep water and not a lot of boats find them so it's just one of those deals where um, it's changing all the time and you have to keep up with it you have to be willing to go and you know obviously but when we get outside of 50 feet of water you know i'm fishing the fish hawk all the time because current makes a big deal especially when you're fishing so deep so, you know, we don't like to go out there in the spring. We don't have to, but there's seems like there's different bands of fish. There's shore fish that come in, stay for a month, and then leave. And I I believe the deep water fish just cross from east to west, and, you know, they go to the shores off that deep water, and I don't think those fish ever come to shore. But, you know, that's just my personal guess. But, yeah, I talk to guys all over the lake all the time, and, you know, when we're fishing, you know, we'll catch fish offshore because the inside got tore up and we had to go. And then two, three days later, the North Chicago guys, Waukegan guys, Kenosha, those guys are starting to catch coal. That means ours moved and they're not coming back once they go. Where do you start looking for them when you're going to go out, Carl? Oh, it's nothing when you, when you go to deep water. Um, you're, there's nothing special. You just you know, see to your pants kind of thing, historical, where you thought you caught them before. That deep water is just, you have to go for miles sometimes without a bike. And it's hard to do with a charter. That's why a lot of guys don't want to go. Because um, you may not find them. But once you find them, it's it's pretty easy. Um, but, you know, this time of year, we can normally catch them inside of 50 feet. So a lot of, like in Michigan City, New Buffalo, you can set lines at the harbor and turn right or left and stay inside of 30 feet a lot of times in the inshore we'll put the boat on the on the inside sandbar like guys fish brown trout up the lake we'll fish them you know 8 10 15 feet of water you know that that 8 to 30 feet you have to zigzag sometimes they're in 20 25 sometimes they're up in shallow it seems like after we get a big blow the fish either belly down or go out and when they do come back in and bite the water cleans first in that inside sandbar so you could be catching them in five five to eight feet of water and then as it cleans up they just you know kind of congregate back where they started but you know they don't like all that sand in their gills and you can catch them for a day after a blow but then it seems like they just either belly down or disappear out the deeper water and scatter and then they set back up 
those fish are usually pretty high in the water column. Yeah, surprisingly, well, we typically set up a, a 10 or 12 planer board flatline program. And we'll put, you know, thin fish, um, you know, the old rattle and thin fin, some joint arapala, nothing new. It's just doing you know, new colors, but typically we'll set up a flatline program. You really don't have to do much else. We'll put a couple of high shallow divers with, you know, either a dodger fly or maybe a thunderstick. That time of year, so we'll, I'll run fly divers also. But when you're in that, that skinny water, you're only putting a diver off the boat 10, 15 feet. You can see it. You can see the coal flash and hit it. We call those our meat rods. But, um, you know, in, in that shallow water, we'll go to downriggers too. Um, that's last last scenario. But. Uh, sometimes there'll be browns and you know the kings are going to show up at any time too once that water gets to 45 and above then the bait starts to show and then the kings will show you'll know when the kings are coming when the small boats or somebody gets a, a flat line drilled by a big king well that's the start of it and uh and they'll show up they just sometimes overnight because they sure leave overnight but uh that's why our fishery is so good down there in the spring you just you know Everything's coming to the shallow water, to the food, the warm water. Um, but on the same token, you know, in Indiana water, Southern Lake Michigan, you pay the price come, you know, July and August. You know, most of those kings aren't there anymore. Indiana's not planting that many. Plus, they don't stay. You know, if we sometimes we'll warm up with, a, you know, now with a north wind, it'll blow, blow in some surface water that's a little warmer. But when you get a big north in the summertime you can be stacked for 10 or 12 miles of 70 degree water in the summertime so then you're for sure offshore and and fishing for anything that's got fins and a tail how fast are you normally running in the springtime uh, i tend tend to troll faster um a lot of guys will stick at one eight to two i'm like two four and above sometimes we'll go down to two 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 if we have to but in the spring you the coho pot up in little batches. So you could go, a lot of times we'll start in Michigan City and end up in Burns Harbor and you'll have your 30 in that 10 mile trail. Sometimes it'll take five miles to get your 30. Sometimes it'll take two, but current's important. Direction of troll is really important in the spring. Sometimes, not always, but a lot of times if you turn around and say you had four or five coho, four or five rods that go off at the same time. Because when you run through a pod, you get a bunch of hits. Some of them stick, some of them don't. Um, you think, man, I ought to go back there. Well, if you if you go back there, you have to turn out because you're in shallow. And you have a big spread going. So by the time you get turned around, a lot of times then fish won't bite going the other way in the spring. It's just really weird. So a lot of times if we get good bites going at, say, 2-4 on an east troll, which really is not true east, but on the southern end of the lake, we head toward between Michigan City to, to Burns Harbor. A lot of times we just won't turn around because we know every time we go through a little pod, we'll hit four to six bites. And, and you know, it's it's different all the time. Um, sometimes you go to the east towards New Buffalo, it's good. but And, and you, you don't know that until you troll and, and you know, listen on the radio because we work together down south a lot. But uh, it it's all different every day is a challenge that's why you know lake michigan is so appealing to a lot of guys it's it's a challenge every day you go out it's different there's very few days it's the same 
What are some of your favorite baits when you're trolling in the spring? Oh, obviously, um, you know, rattling fin fins. I've got old school red squiggle. We call it old gold is orange and gold. And all the new brads fin fish have all the good colors too. There's some favorites there, the rainbow trout, and there's a, a blue laser. And it's typically something with rattle because we don't have clean water now. And we, we won't have that for quite some time. So, you know, I, I like to fish 50 feet off the board on one side and 75 off the other side. And they'll tell you which side, if they like it close to the board. And I always use the, the Big John rattle board in the spring. I, you know, coho aren't boat shy like kings are. You know, a lot of times we'll run sliders, pin sliders, only have a downrigger down 20 feet. And you put little spoons, obviously, the, you know, I'm partial to the Fuzzy Bear brand. And um, plus we use the, you know, Dreamweaver SS's a lot in spring until the kings show up. Um, spring kings love magnums. At that time of year, the uh, the bait that comes to shore are, are the older bait. So we're big bait, big spoon. We run a lot of those on the bottom. Um, I'll always run the center downrigger with the probe on it, and we'll stack a set of fuzzy bear magnums uh, called Old Yeller. is one of my favorites in there. It's something that's bright, something that glows because we have dirty water. And it's really, it's when I say dirty, it's it's some days it's just chalked up from the wind. And now with all this erosion going on, it's going to be a mess. Um, right now we're limited. We can't charter fish right now. Indiana followed Michigan. Michigan's been that way for almost two, three weeks now, and they're not allowing any. We're not essential businesses, so nobody's chartering right now. Indiana got away with it for a little bit, and then uh, that changed. So I'm not sure what Illinois and Wisconsin are doing right now. Nobody's charter fishing. You know, we were we were set to start last week and uh so right now it's we're not but that's a whole different story we all have to find our way through this whole mess but um we're gonna roll as soon as, as soon as we can get you know the private guys still fish and those guys are catching plenty of coho seems like there's small batches in now all all winter with the with the winter that was so mild our trail creek had coho in it all all winter and guys are catching five casts five fish don't know how much that hurt us but um that went on for a couple of months and it's typical you know they come and go underneath the ice even in a bad winter situation so but we'll see how it goes but you know the favorites you know it's everybody's got their own our our Kevorkian secret that purple is uh it's called michigan city purple really but um in the fuzzy bear line, it's a seeker. It's got green glow on it. Dark baits, dirty water, bright baits. Everybody's got some favorites, but we know, you know, you'll know when the kings show up. Then we start turning our program over from fishing strictly coho. Now it's tournament time. Last week of April, first week of March, or I mean of May. I'm sorry, and so we need to start fishing kings primarily because we're pre-fishing with charter clients, essentially for our tournaments and. Uh, so the south end is exciting. You never know what's going to happen, when they're going to come. You know, years ago, we had fish all the way from Burns Harbor to St. Joe, and the kings come to shore. They typically hit the, you know, 20, 30 miles of shorehead kings. Now with the numbers down, the last couple of years, you can see there's probably only about 15 miles of it at best. And if the water's really dirty in Michigan City, Burns Harbor, 
tore up from a big blow and the Kings want to come in on the backside. Sometimes they'll bypass Burns Harbor and Michigan City and hit New Buffalo, Cook, and then St. Joe. But we always get some Kings in Michigan City. It's just a matter of how many and and, uh, and when they're going to hit. You know, last year, May 3rd, we caught 30 adult Chinooks. You could throw a rock to the lighthouse in front of Michigan City. And the first day of the tournament on Saturday, they were gone. There were still some stragglers, but they moved up the lake past New, New Buffalo and, and to Cook. So all them fish moved 10, 15 miles overnight. So you just never know. We've been talking coho. You've just laid down a lot of knowledge there on kings. What are some of the other species that you're targeting in your area in the spring? Well, that's primarily it. We you, You'd catch an occasional steelhead that comes you know, that's a late drop comes out of the river. Um, we don't have any numbers of browns to actually fish. Sometimes we'll catch a brown here and there, um, but there's no big numbers. Uh, Indiana's tried to put, oh, probably 20, 25,000 in all the time for the last, I would guess, five, 10 years. Um, Brian Breidert was in charge then. He's retired now, and he was trading some Skamania for browns, I believe, to Illinois. And, but they just don't seem to be fishable in any numbers. We don't know where they go. I mean, we have enough boats down there that are fishing that if there was a number of browns around, them, we'd catch them. But we just don't have a lot of structure. You know, on the Wisconsin side and North Chicago, they've got all that rock reef that you know, browns love that. And they even love it. Seaforel and browns love that in the summertime, especially up Racine Way. And um, we, just, we just don't have a lot of browns. And lake trout, we'll catch them. You know, that's primarily, you know, Michigan cities. I don't know what the numbers were last year, but historically Michigan City's charter boat numbers are are more per hour, angler hour, caught out of Michigan City than any harbor in Lake Michigan. That's primarily because of the lake trout. In the summertime, you know, all our silvers go away and you're either trying to find steelhead or offshore fish and, the bread and butter is the lake trout, unfortunately. Um, I say unfortunately is not because I can't catch them and don't want to catch them, but they take a long time to grow. And, um, you know, a lot of our clients are there to, to catch kings. And that's one of the reasons I moved the boat to Pentwater and, you know, we fish Ludding, Pentwater, Ludington, Manistee. And now actually I'm living in Pentwater and that's, that's primarily where we're at, um, except in the spring we'll be down there for a month and a half for sure almost two. So that's why I always move the boat. Number one, tournament time. And number two, the Kings go up the lake. And, you know, this is a place to be up here in, in the summertime. And unfortunately, the south end of the lake, you know, is, has suffered a lot because we don't have a lot of Chinook. And in the summertime, it's primarily a lake trout fishery. Um, but in the spring, we'll, we're, we're catching what our, you know, we're catching lake trout on flat lines also. Um, but if you want to go catch trout, you just go out the you know, the state line set up, you know, 50, 60, 70 foot, 70 to 100. You can catch as generally as many as you want. If you do it right, know what you're doing. And sometimes we have to do that if our insides tore up and the fish are not biting or not there. Because, you know, sometimes we'll get 10 or 15 miles of, of tore up lake. If it blows, you know, it's 300 plus miles of lake that rolls up in Michigan City. And if it's all tore up and they don't want to eat, you got to go find them in clean water. So we'll We'll rip and run 10, 15 miles offshore. And, you know, if you want to put, you know, fish in a box for your clients and 
you know, you'll fish trout and fish the whole spread out there, downriggers, divers, you know, four divers, three riggers, and, you know, at least 10 flats. And you're staying in the water, you're recovering a couple 300 feet of water as we go. So um, it's not the ideal situation, but sometimes we have to, whatever mother nature gives us, we have to go with. So. You brought up the word client several times in our conversation, Fuzzy. What's a day on the water with you like for charter clients? Well, typically you you like to have they're they become friends over the years. I mean, you you have good ones and you have not so good ones. Um, just like anything else, but we have fun. You gotta have fun. I mean, they're paying. You're, it's really an entertainment business as, as much as it is a fishing business. Um, you, you, I try to tell the guys that the young guys that get into it, you know, they're all geeked up about filling the box and, and that's an important part of it. But if you catch two or you catch 22, they still have to have fun. So I always pick on one person on the boat for sure. And you, and you find out which one, you know, if you see a grouch you on, you want to, you can pick on him at carpet trips. I like to pick on the boss. He's paying for his guys to go fishing and they all love that. So. I mean, you got to have fun with them, uh, and that's what it's all about. People want to go out on a boat with you. How do they find you? What's the best way to contact you? Phone, text is best. Um, either way, I love. I'd rather talk to people than text them. And you know, that's just five seven four six zero seven two five four two. It was great talking to you today. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about that I didn't ask you about? We don't leave the dock without a fish hawk. It just. You know, you're, I've been using one for 25 plus years, even, you know, before Trevor came out with the new X4. And, well, I, you know, I still have old school heads. It's one of those things where we were the, one of the first ones in the Southern Lake Michigan to use it. And that's primarily because we're getting our butts kicked up north when we were fishing tournaments and it was being used up here. And current's very important, especially in the summertime. And it's, for the guys that don't fish all the time, I can go out and set a rigger or a diver and I can read the water and know what's going on. So I've been doing it for a long time. But the guys that, you know, are weekend fishing, it's more important to them than anything. You you can find your thermocline in the summer and, you know, direction of troll is very important in the summer, especially with kings because there's not big miles of them. There's little pods of them and you have to be going the right way to catch them most of the time. Oftentimes, speed and direction is far more important than anything you put in the water. And it doesn't matter if it's a spin doctor or fly or fuzzy bear spoon. You just, you got to get the speed and direction right. And sometimes color doesn't matter. And it's more important to get that stuff right. And with a fish hawk, you can do it. I mean, it's, some you fool yourself on wanting to fish, you know, a thermocline. You can fish in wrong places with the temperature. That just, um, you learn that over time. Don't always fish cold, fish above and below because the fish feed in in the warm water, especially in the morning, late in the evening. But we don't leave the dock. There's only about two weeks, maybe three at the most, that I don't use a fish hawk because that's when we're fishing the beach in this early April, late March, early April. So as kings show up, we got a probe in, and I'm fishing two, four, two, six, and I'm fishing for kings, and we're catching call at the same time. But, you know, then we're using a fish hawk in 30 to 70 foot of water one thing to keep in mind with the probe if you're talking to other people know where they have their probe some guys run it on the out down some guys run it in the chute i like to run mine deep and for instance brent from sportsman charters up in pentwater he puts his on an out down so when we're trying to match speeds one boat to the next 
if mine's in the chute, his is on an, on an outbound. His is typically higher in the warm water. And mine, I like to find the cold, cold deep water. And that's where I set my probe. But when you compare the two boats, your cold water, you're not, your probe is not reading as fast as you're up in the warm water. That's what gets you a thermocline and that's what gets you, you know, opposite currents. So just have everybody keep that in mind, but it's, it's a tool that needs to be used. You know, I know it's expensive, but if you're going to buy a box of lures, you know, for this coming year, I'd save some money and buy a fish hawk instead and then buy your lures because it's, you'll catch more fish with others, no doubt. Awesome. Thanks so much, Fuzzy. That was some great information. And throughout the whole show, you shared some really good stuff. I think people will be able to use to catch more fish when they eventually are able to get out on the water and do some fishing and hope uh, that you guys in the charter business can get through this time and, and uh, get out there and, and get some of this money back that you're losing with all this going on. And um, hope you guys have a great year this year. All right. Thanks. Appreciate the talk. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.